Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek, the official, unofficial Marvel Cinematic Community podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me as always is Pete. Hello, Pete. Hello, Matt. Hello, everybody. Back today early with the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast by Fantastic Geek to talk to you about their panel at New York Comic Con 2017. Indeed, their triumphant panel, which we will talk about in a moment. Probably the number one bit of news coming out of there was that Friday, December 1st, Pete, there's not going to be one episode. There's going to be two episodes, and uh, super excited about that. And S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 5 kicking off with a bang. But Pete, before we get there, can you take us to a land far, far away, but still in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I can. Uh, you're referring, of course, to the upcoming Thor Ragnarok motion picture. And one of the things to come out of New York Comic Con, in addition to the S.H.I.E.L.D. news we're going to give you, there were a whole bunch of exclusives. We were able to get our hands on a couple of them, and we will be raffling them off to lucky listeners and fans. All you need to do in order to get our first item up for raffle a funko pop thor ragnarok casual hulk new york comic-con 2017 exclusive is to leave an itunes review for any of our 11 podcast feeds on itunes you could leave it for agents of shield you could leave it for the uh the catch-all brand the uh, pop culture uh, podcast by fantastic geek you could leave it for star trek discovery uh, you could leave it for any of them. Just let us know. Throw us a note on Twitter, either at Fantastic Geek or uh, at me, at Peter J. Kedelar, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R. So we know to look out for it and to put your name in the hopper. And you can get more chances. Every review you leave to our different feeds is going to gain you additional entries. So you can have as many as 11 tabs of paper in the hopper with your name on it how bad do you want this hulk exclusive that's going for quadruple its value on the ebays and quadruple what you dear listener could get it for which is (laughs) f-r-e-e that's pretty darn good exactly so it's cute uh if you want it great if not hey you can still leave a review we're super grateful for that as well well that pete There we were at the theater at Madison Square Garden seating 5,500 people with darn tootin' good seats. Want to mention that we were there with our pal Jamie, who who was a listener and uh, who had uh, camped out outside MSG with us and who had uh, helped us snag some sweet seats in the theater. And uh, there we three were, S.H.I.E.L.D. OG fans going all the way back to season one. There you and I were in our fifth consecutive Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. panel at New York Comic Con. And, uh, and where do you want to start, Pete? Well, I, I, I guess I, we have to start where we always start. It's Jeff Loeb, right? <laughs> I want to acknowledge what you said though, you know, our fifth panel here. And while we attended the walking dead panel later in the day at MSG, that there were people squatting for as early as two 30 that morning. Um, and, and that is the granddaddy of New York comic con, you know, the, the, the fun uncle is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they have definitely built this convention, continued to grow on the back of Marvel, Clark Gregg, 
uh, Marvel TV um, in, in a way that this is a, a really important panel for them, I, I think, uh, reciprocally. Uh, so yeah, to get Jeff Loeb out there who we had seen the night before at the runaways panel and screening back at the Javits to do his very practiced stick of, okay, the people on this side of the room are going to say this and the people on this side are going to say that, um, it, it is what we've come to expect the, the showman that he is as a, as a panel runner. And then it was uh, into the introduction of our cast, the largest uh, amount of talent we've ever gotten from the show at New York Comic Con. He started with uh, with announcing, as as I dare say, any Shield fan in the room knew, uh, announcing the newest cast member, full time cast member, in uh, Natalia Cordova Buckley. And um, though she perhaps did not get the the biggest applause, I mean, by virtue of having been on the show the least, uh, there was a lot of pride in in the room of her having attained this uh, this role, being a full time cast member, the first time she has done so on American television, and uh, just you know, uh, the beginning of this this very inclusive cast here, uh, starting with her and starting with the enthusiasm we all have for her. Yeah, uh, super deserving of Miss Cordova Buckley to be promoted for season five. She's an absolute fan favorite. Uh, she's so gracious in her interactions and just somebody you want to see succeed. So for her to finally get that long overdue and uh, she came out, I, I think she was a little uh, shocked by by the size she she went to go all the way down the end of the the panel and uh you know jeff had to kind of like guide her through it like no 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 you we're gonna fill in from that side because you know the the, the bigger cast members will will come closer and closer to the the podium well and speaking of big cast members next up was uh henry simmons who of course plays mac and pete we have i mean he's been on the show since season two um, so we've ha had a neighborhood of what, 88 episodes with him so far. Um, two, three, four, a little bit less than that. Sorry. It will be yeah. 88 by the end of this season. Uh, so we have a sense, you know, he's a big guy. He's a broad guy. Um, neither Greg nor Decacister, particularly towering giants themselves. Pete, we had good seats. I wouldn't say that we were front row. Dude is huge. Dude has huge muscles. He is yeah. tall. He he's bigger than he is on TV. And I don't know how that's possible. Yeah, I could not get over his stature, especially compared on stage to, you know, he was between uh, Natalia Cordova Buckley and uh, Elizabeth Hensridge made him seem even bigger. I mean, remember when you're watching him on the TV, they shoot from particular angles so that those differences in size could certainly be emphasized, but not, you know, for such stark contrast. And yeah, dude is jacked. As you said, next was uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, who came out to thunderous applause, as was her, uh, her, her countryman, uh, Ian DeCacaster. Uh, got them the first year, you know, they were the, they were the first offering to the, uh, rabid, uh, Jacob Javits center, uh, main stage crowd all the way back in 2013 for that first shield panel. Uh, Matt even asked a question of, uh, Ian DeCacaster 
and um you know to get them back just just felt right and pete not to spoil the chronology here let's just say that my my brief conversation in asking a question of him four years ago for season one uh that he did more talking there than ian decaysticker did at this panel but he did something something that we're going to talk about in a little bit but pete who mm -hmm. was after him that of course would be Ming-Na Wen in her first appearance at New York Comic-Con, long overdue. And I love the way she came out too with the, you know, devil horns here at the theater at MSG, like a rock star and, uh, agent may is a rock star. So it only made sense. I know she, you know, as she is wont to do on her social media channels, uh, called herself a dork for doing that. You go out and uh, you dork out with your bad self, Ming-Na, because you are a rock star. She seems she this 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 great show person. She seems to be to be doing the slow walk to soak it all in and whatnot. Only later would Ian DeCasticker's uh, Instagram reveal that she's still behind the scenes. She's still rocking, rocking the jazzy scooter as a result of that uh, yeah. th that knee injury. So it that did not even occur to me. Her injury seems so so long ago. Obviously, in real time, you say, "Oh, some sort of knee ligament, whatever, whatever damage it was that required surgery." Um, of course, this is this will take weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months to heal. Matt, and, how might the show deal with that? Well, we'll get to that in a moment, but heads up, <laughs> heads up to our pal Jamie, who we were sitting with, who, uh, when we got the answer to how the show would deal with that, she immediately turned to me and said, oh, oh, you know, that, that way they get to cover her knee injury. And I was like, you blew my mind because I forgot about it. And then again, just to review here, to have Ming-Na walk out and do the slow walk and the devil horn hand and the yeah, everybody, you would have no idea that she has some mobility concerns because she poured it into the performance of Ming-Na at New York Comic-Con. Right. Next up, of course, was Chloe Bennett. And uh, Pete, in my mind, you know, much love to Sky slash Daisy slash Quake. Uh, I know all the way back in season one, we were calling for the character to be shown the exit. Now we, we understand the arc that she's on. In my mind, Ming-Na gets, gets second billing, although here Chloe Bennett got, got second billing. And boy, did the thunderous applause support that. Yeah, um, she is the, the rising star, the most rising star of this group. Uh, she's found her footing. Um, I think the character means a lot to younger fans. And, you know, Loeb said it. You've known her as Sky. You've known her as Daisy. You know her as Quake. She's Chloe Bennett. And um, it, it certainly was impressive. She's come the last couple of years. Uh, but it was impressive in such a large space to hear how popular she was with the fans. And uh, then last but certainly not least, indeed, with Jeff Loeb doing his his showman style and slowing down a little bit, you know, and kind of, you know, and last, pause, there is a man, pause, and then the Colson cheers start, Colson, Colson, and it was, I mean, the place exploded as Clark Gregg came out, um, you know, this is his third New York Comic Con, I believe, he announced the show, um, this, let's see, four or five years ago. 
Um, <laughs> so, so the New York Comic Con before the show went into uh, production, six eight months before the show went into, uh, well, at least before the the pilot was uh, was airing. Um, he had announced it at New York Comic Con on the Marvel stage. So to have gone from the Marvel stage to the main stage at New York Comic Con, seating three thousand, to Madison Square Garden, the theater at Madison Square Garden, fifty five hundred. Uh, certainly quite an arc there for him. Heck, Pete, I remember when we saw him the year before S.H.I.E.L.D. was announced, and yes. it, was, he, it was guy from the Avengers movies is going to play Principal Coulson on the Spider-Man XD show. Yeah, and, you know, wow, how, how far we've come since then. And even with the comments by Loeb and the introduction here, and, and then when, when Clark got to speaking, called the show a, a little bit of the engine that could... And I think there was at least tacit acknowledgement that this was a very close renewal that they survived to get a full order. And some of that has to do with studio and, and network politics um, and, and what within humans only being eight episodes and needing something else to go to in the time slot and knowing there is a, a vocal fan base, not as big a, a fan base as they might like to grow the show but certainly anything's possible particularly in the friday night slot now moving from 10 o'clock on tuesdays but um this kind of felt like a triumphant return and if this is to be the final season and i'm saying if not should it be or what have you this just feels right having come from where clark Gregg was many years ago colson is dead I'm going to play Coulson in a, in a Spider-Man cartoon to, you know, now I'm here and I have the clout that I can stash my daughter in the audience and she can ask a question that can lead to showing the first 20 minutes of an episode from season five. Which uh, quickly is indeed what we got. And, um, Pete, I, I know we don't want to go too spoilery. I don't want to go from spoiler-free to spoiling things for people. <laughs> but uh, Agents in Space, yes. Background yes. on the Mysterious Man, question mark. Uh, the Gotham there, oh, you betcha. Uh, Pete, I dare say we have seen many things screened, uh, whether it's scenes or, or, or uh, you know, partial scenes or ep entire episodes, whatever it might be. The Gasp involving that mysterious man that got them at the diner when there was a bit of a reveal for him that was 5,500 people gasping in yeah. astonishment. yeah it definitely whets the appetite for season five really awesome to know they've never done a, a two-part premiere um so you can only imagine how epic uh they've they've surely built that in to be when that comes on again uh on friday december 1st we were promised the the kind of name theme you know we last year we had the lmd and the um the agents of hydra and the the ghost rider pods you know that that have kind of taken over the last couple of seasons and we never got it um, it's, it's not on the title card of that episode yet. Um, sometimes that's a situation where they do it in the closing moments of an episode with the preview for next time. Um, but when they cut us off, 
yeah, it, it definitely was something we are eager to return to. Um, but let's just say, as I mentioned before, that uh, Ming-Na Wen's mobility uh, is, is written in. Um, we are missing a member of the team that we did not see in the footage at all. And there are questions as to why that is and why uh, that member was not scooped up and, and, you know, brought elsewhere. Um, and there are mysteries abounding certainly as to what is going on where they have, uh, wound up. So, um, you know, certainly going to keep it spoiler free at this point. Uh, we of course will be bringing you detailed podcasts, uh, as those episodes return can't wait for that um and uh yeah we thought it might be a little earlier they're they're wisely sitting out the um you know thanksgiving holidays to to gain a larger audience and then boom right out of the gun uh december 1st which if they're going to do 22 episodes which is the order there will be precious few breaks provided they don't do a lot of doubling up um, until May. This has me thinking that maybe, uh, I mean, maybe the plan is for them to double up more than we think to kind of serve as a, you know, to serve as a way for once upon a time to spread things out a little bit, um, you know, like for once upon a time to take a break. Um, regardless, though, I mean, just looking at the calendar here, so two on December 1st, no reason why they couldn't do one on the 8th, one on the 15th, one on the 22nd, uh, at which point you would have five episodes done on the shorter end of a, of a pod, but a pod nonetheless, uh, go away for, you know, uh, for perhaps just December 29th. Wouldn't that be awesome, Pete, if it's only one week and then right. slam into just an awesome, awesome run? Um, time will tell. I mean, they were holding it close to the vest, but... Uh, you know, it, it is a jam-packed start, and I, I, I will say this, Pete, without giving away too, too many details. The special effects in those first 20 minutes exceeded my expectations for a show that was rumored to have a budget cut. Now, yep. are they? is it maybe they're packing it up front and then episode 502, oh man, we're trapped in a box that saves us money because it's one set. Okay, maybe. Uh, yeah. Are there some behind the scenes stuff that we aren't privy to, like maybe uh, ABC Studios lowered their licensing fee or everybody was asked to take a 10% pay cut or something like that? Those are areas that I don't know about, but um, there's a complexity. There, 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 how about this? There's something that they run from that's computer generated and is the opposite of, oh, we need to save money, so we're going to have the creature yeah. in the shadows it's awesome. It's awesome. It really, Mark Holpack continues to find new bars. And when you consider we viewed that footage um, on October 7th, they've been filming since July. So let's think if this was a regular year, we would have seen their third or fourth episode at max at New York Comic-Con as they've traditionally shown an episode every year. 
Um, so to show the first 20 minutes of this coming episode with full on special effects and a sequence like this, we've never seen a sequence like this in the episode that, that we wind up seeing. Um, so yeah, it, it really is next level effects and you can only imagine what they're going to be doing in, in the setting in, in space, as you mentioned before, a quick check of the calendar, Matt, there are 23 Fridays from December 1st to mid May. We will have done two episodes. So put 21 I'm sorry, put 20 into 23, and that's what we could be looking at. All right, you want to tell me that on, uh, you know, a Friday in the middle of May, the finale, possibly the season, I'm sorry, the series finale could be a two-hour situation. It could, but, you know, I don't think we're going to get a lot of breaks. They have to break for the holidays. It's It's simply the thing in Hollywood. You do not tend to run uh out new content when when people are on the road when when hiatuses uh are occurring they tend to to take a little break as far as broadcast is concerned but uh you know we're, we're gonna hit the gas pedal for at least an extended a, a months long stretch with this show this fifth season and something tells me if the goal is to recoup some of the live plus three audience, you know, the people who are watching within three days but not live, so I guess that's the plus three audience. We'll go with that as official Hollywood lingo. If they want to recoup some of those plus three people back into live viewers, well, one way to do it is a time that is a little bit more sensible, you know, 9 p.m. instead of 10 p.m. Another way is Fridays. You know, I think, I think, I dare say the average Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fan probably isn't racing out to the discotheque to dance to their dance music and whatnot you know you can you can hang you can go do that at 10 p.m you watch your shield first um but also if they throw in two three four uh two hour episodes a it allows once upon a time to take a break b it's just an opportunity to say you 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 need to tune in live if you aren't up to date get up to date because on i'll just pick a random date you know on uh, February 9th, Worlds Will Collide, the special mid-season two-hour Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in which someone's not coming back. You know, and you say, well, gee whiz, I'm, I'm an episode behind. You better get up to date. You better watch that live because yeah. no one will be the same at 10 p.m. Okay. So all the more reason to, to, to be watching live, which is still the name of the game for broadcast TV. Yeah, and this show, which was the the first fantastic geek uh, full time, um, you know, TV show, we think of it as our mothership, the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV portion still thinks of this show as the the mothership and is certainly treated with that reverence, uh, with with characters who came from the movies um, and have comic roots as well. So yeah, I, I think there's a lot to be said in that regard in terms of, and again, I don't want to do this with any kind of finality. I want this show to continue as much as everybody else, but they're, they're just felt 
like a tone like this is a victory lap. Um, and, and given what's gone on with Inhumans possibly fraying a relationship network studio show caught in the middle, um, I, I think we've got to lap up everything we get live. You want this to continue on TV, watch it live, watch it again on demand, recruit a friend, talk about it. You know, you, you, you vote with your views, with your chatter, with all of that in 2017, 18. Yeah. Chloe Bennett had made a comment and I don't want to add more of a fatalistic note than she had, but there was kind of reference to something like, wow, we're crossing the hundred episode mark. What yep. a journey this has been. And that's even stronger than she said it. But there was kind of this note of, wow, we, Chloe Bennett, who was 19, 20, something like that, when she tried out for the for the role, um, here she is, you know, I won't, I won't say certainly a, a, a mature person. You know, she's only 25 years old. But here right. she is, somebody who's crossing the 100-episode mark of a network TV show this year. And somebody who's a little a little older, a little wiser, a little bit more, I think, just aware that you know you have the you have the you have the uptime, you have the downtime, and there's probably more episodes of Shield behind us than ahead of us. But enjoy it while it lasts. Um, and uh, I suppose, Pete, if she was being somewhat somewhat serious there, let's now take it to the other end. Something that we teased <laughs> on the Pop Culture <laughs> Podcast. Ian DeKaystiker, um, kind of well-known as not looking to dive on into the fan pile, whether it's, you know, whether it's signature opportunities, whether it's pictures, whether it's, you know, things of that sort. Reticence on social media. Yeah. Clark Gregg and, and others have told us he's, he's terrified. He, um, he was the only person actively putting his microphone down when he was not spoken to. Um, body language to me said, this is a guy and with, with all due respect, with all love, I love Ian DeKaystiker. You know, he's, he's the guy I spoke to that first year. Um, and, and ton of fun. He also is, let's not forget, uh, he's somebody whose first, uh, professional job was 2001. You know, he's, he's 29. So he's, to a certain degree, he's a, a jaded actor, and I don't mean that as a slam. Just he knows the ups, he knows the downs, he knows the mm -hmm. jobs come to an end, and he knows that fans come and fans go. Um, and th there was some prodding on his part to, uh, I, I think, to get a little bit more involved in the in the panel. And after some twists and turns, after him, I think, initially misunderstanding. Well, first of all, he was asked about the scenes in which he has to. In, in, in which Fitz has to kiss Simmons, and here uh, Ian is, of course, friendly with uh, Elizabeth Henstridge, and he said also also good and, friends with her boyfriend. The boyfriend, yeah. <laughs> and and he just kind of described, you know, you put yourself into this scene as you would put yourself into any other scene. Right. Uh, th then there was somehow there was a call for him to to give a smooch, and Pete, where did that smooch on the lips end up? Uh, of all the people, and it was floated around for for a couple different recipients but uh that wound up going to the marvel head of television yeah and it, it wasn't a little smooch it was a no full -on, it was not here's what i think was going on in the back of ian's head 
you brought me out to this thing. There's all these <laughs> crazy people that, you know, are screaming and this and that, the other. There's all these people who want to know what's it like to kiss a girl on camera and how, and, you know, which, which I think ultimately at the end of the day, it's probably really weird. You know, like you don't want to get into it too much because this is your your platonic work friend who yeah. now you have to be really hot and heavy with. And then, you know, some PA says cut and now you go back to, oh, so anyway, did you see in the paper? Um, so he went up to he went up to uh, to uh, Jeff Loeb, full kiss sustained on the lips, and the place went nuts. It did, and it it was a light moment. Again, this is a this is a family we've watched grow over the last four seasons, and um, the the announcement had been made again. No secret, I'm sure, to so many of our listeners. But uh, Clark Gregg is making his uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. directorial debut this season. Um, he has directed uh, a, a couple of Hollywood movies. He, he referenced his work uh, with those as uh, indie um, films, uh, even the, the one that he wrote um, – uh, a couple years ago, what was that? The the end of the first season of uh, Shield. Pete, that would be the film uh, "Trust Me" that came out during Shield's run, and then prior to that, he was the writer and director of a uh, of a movie called Choke. Yeah, and uh, along Choke being the oh. Chuck Palahniuk novel, he of uh, Fight Club. So you know, um, no uh, no small indie idea there um but going along with the family theme and and the kissing and maybe a little bit of both you know natalia cordova uh on her promotion there mentioned it, it took until season five for her to go steady with with jeff Loeb, <laughs> which which was a great line and then back to clark uh he will he has directed uh episode six of season five they are filming episode eight so they have not yet filmed their 100th episode uh i'm sure that script is in the process of being finalized at this point but other than that news and you know they they showed a um a uh, a gag reel for season four which was which was cute uh but obviously not why we were there uh it had everything else that uh you'd come to expect from a uh Marvel Agents of Shield New York Comic Con panel. Jonah was there, he got a question in. So all all was right with the world, Matt. Pete, for those not in the know, Jonah is a young man who asks usually the first question, this time not, but it always is towards the front of the line for He's every... the Helen Thomas of yes. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. New York Comic Con panels. And I must say, in these five visits by Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Jonah has gone from a squeaky-voiced, you know, preteen to, uh, to, to the voice of a young man, as he asked his question. Um, it, it truly was a celebration, not just of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. family on the stage, but I think the family there assembled. I, again, the notion, Pete, that we were in line and this kid who asks questions walks by and two strangers <laughs> behind us go, I'm sorry, was that for, was that, that was maybe for another panel, but regardless, it's Jonah, it's Jonah. I turn around and go, we were looking for Jonah. And they're like, it's awesome that we saw Jonah. You know, it's all one big Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. family. It's all one Marvel family. Again, so glad that we were able to do so. 
with our pal Jamie, who we've we've run into a couple times at New York Comic Con, and I remember one year we ran into each other again at the train station, and we were able to uh, to chill for hours and hours at MSG. And um, again, that victory lap, you know, it's way too early to prognosticate for a season six. Although someone did yell out to Jeff Loeb, six seasons and a movie, which yeah. uh, you know, I, I say eight seasons in the movie, but regardless, you know. It's the little engine that could. Hope springs eternal. Let's not get down before we've seen, you know, seen episode one uh, of season five broadcasted. But let's let's get ready for a wild ride because they clearly are ready for it too. I'll do you one better. Eight seasons in a movie, please. Um, I want Agents of Shield to go on long enough that the closing scene be the holographic. Uh, handover from uh, aged uh, Agent Carter in the 80s, aged Chloe Bennett, handing the shield keys over to Jonah as director. <laughs> That's how long I want this show to go on. It, it's the the longest thing we've ever podcast. We've we've done every one. Uh, I, I only wish there was a way to make their 100th episode somehow coincide with the 200th episode of Marvel TV that one of these shows, either uh, Punisher or uh, Runaways, is going to get the distinction of um, when it when it airs. But, uh, you know, th- this started it all. And I think you're going to find it very difficult for any of those other shows. Agent Carter's, you know, not going to hit a hundred. Um, Daredevil, not going to happen. Um, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Defenders, Inhumans, Runaways. This is a legacy that this show has begun that all these others, though they might be carving out their own niche in the same connected TV and film universe, um, at least spiritually, they're trying to equal the success of. And 88 episodes to this point, um, 96 that are in some form on film, and and more to come is a tremendous legacy. Now, 100 doesn't mean what it used to because that used to eclipse the syndication barrier, and now you had a nice round number to sell. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been in syndication for two or three seasons at this point. Um, you know, you can find them on like WeTV and, and, and see them in other spots. But um, it's a tremendous accomplishment right out of the gate, Matt, for the first show to get to 100 episodes. And it's, it's going to be something I, I think we're going to look back. I don't know if we're going to get another Marvel TV show that goes 100 episodes. Well, I don't want to get too behind the scenes for Hollywood stuff, but I think there are scenarios where S.H.I.E.L.D. could be well-primed to to continue. I mean, for example, depending, let's say Disney follows through and creates its own version of Netflix. They're going to do one for sports and one for entertainment programming. I mean, do you do 13 more episodes of S.H.I.E.L.D. now exclusive on Bizflix? I mean... That's what CBS did with Star Trek, took a really known thing that they had with really passionate fans who were prepared to pay for it. You know, S.H.I.E.L.D. ratings are not huge, but if there's 
3 million people and 1 million or 2 million or 3 million are going to pay, you know, X number of Disney dollars to get more shield. It's not out of the question. Same thing. If ABC cancels it, does it get, does another season, does it go the, uh, the, the Mindy project route? Does Hulu pick it up now that Hulu has a relationship with Marvel? And if you're kind of grumbling, Oh, it's another thing to pay for. Hey, if Disney and Marvel and Netflix, if there's going to be some friction there as Disney tries to make its own Netflix, maybe Hulu becomes an interim. You know, all of these are possibilities. And at the end of the day, more episodes are great. And, uh, and again, just this notion that we were there celebrating a season that will bring us 100 episodes from a show that, you know, the, the ratings that first season went down, 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 down from its lofty, lofty start. So the little engine that could, absolutely, I say the sky is the limit. Sky, I see what you did there. With that, Pete, is there anything you want to remind people about before we truly start to wrap up here? Well, don't forget, you have an opportunity to win the first of our several coming giveaways from New York Comic Con, the Thor Ragnarok Funko Pop Casual Hulk, uh, leaving a review on iTunes, either to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or any of the other 10 feeds we have going. You can even go back in the Wayback Machine for Agent Carter. Every review you leave that we have knowledge of prior to um, Friday, October 20th, when we are going to draw during our Inhumans podcast that night, uh, the winner will make you eligible you could win as many as 11 spots so get on it well with that pete we want to as always thank our supporters on patreon.com fantastic geek for helping make all of this possible supporting us with our costs for bandwidth and storage and some of those technical things behind the scenes particularly as we look to make improvements here and improvements there which are far too boring to get into here but Thank you, one and all, who visit patreon.com slash fantasticgeek. Yeah, we're super grateful for anybody who even considers going there uh, to to help us out with uh, the, the expenses that accrue with running a podcast and, and uh, you know, having all of this content available for people to listen. You know, we mentioned 200 episodes nearly of, of Marvel TV, and we're now doing Star Trek Discovery as well. Um, it takes up space. It really does. And um, Matt does not have a supercomputer like the Discovery. Uh, so uh, that's that's the next, you know, foothold we're going to put in on Patreon, uh, you know, of a gajillion dollars. But, uh, you know, whether it's a, a dollar, uh, whether it's uh, a gajillion, everybody gets uh, exclusive podcast content. And those that choose to give at various levels are going to come away with perks. We're going to have to come up with something really good for the gajillion level for the Discovery supercomputer. Maybe a kiss. <laughs> oh, boy. A kiss from Ian case sticker, perhaps. Whoa, 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 whoa. We, we can't give that away. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But, Pete, what we can give away is people being able to talk to you on Twitter, Seamless Transition. How can people do so? <laughs> 
You can find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J-K-E-T-E-L-A-A-R, 9,526 followers. Can't be wrong. And don't forget, if you do leave a review, to either reach out to us on Twitter uh, or you can email us at uh, fantasticgeek at gmail.com. Uh, let us know in some way so we can make sure uh, you get your chances in the hopper there for Friday, October 20th. Indeed, we love hearing from people. I am personally on Twitter as Looking Back Lost. You can always leave a comment at uh, fantasticgeek.com. You mentioned the Gmail, Pete. You can reach us on Twitter and Instagram as Fantastic Geek. But wait, Pete, there's more. Facebook.com slash Fantastic Geek with the PH all one word. Another place to interact with your boys. <laughs> well, with that, Pete... I will say adios to all our listeners. We will be back talking S.H.I.E.L.D. probably sometime in November, just as we get ready for that December 1st premiere. We will be back talking more on the Pop Culture Podcast tomorrow, because, Pete, we're keeping it on rolling here. And then we got humans, and then we're going to take a day of rest, and then we're going to start the podcast week all again with Star Trek Discovery. So if you're listening on the Pop Culture Podcast feed, it's the place to be. But with that, Pete, I'd be out of here. I'm going to give you the final word. Where'd I put my skin suit? <laughs> <laughs>